picture goes. Master Movie Podcast. Um, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me start this out. Something happened today that I've been looking forward to for a while, but now has caused a giant cluster hey, for the next hey, two weeks. Hey, now, no, it. Zach, let me finish. Save let me you. finish. Save it, you. I'm going yeah, to Zach, save it, it, but let me just... Let him, let, him, let him get his intro out. Here's the thing. All right. Now, for the next two weeks, up until today, from today until Thursday, April 25th, 6 p.m., I have to think about two. I have to think about two very important things to my heart, um, and we will get into that. Um, but as always, joined by Alex and Zach. Uh, Zach, you got news before we ever talk about what happened today? Uh, so I think it was yesterday. It was probably was it yesterday? What it might have been yesterday. What happened today is I'm pregnant. <laughs> 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 oh, I dropped my phone. Is it a boy or a girl? How proud the papa is it is in his voice. Can't you hear the pride? Oh, pregger. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! It's gas. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, they made an announcement. Uh, they, I dropped they my announced, phone. They uh, they announced the release date of their Disney Plus streaming service. Oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't they, see. I didn't hear the exact date. What's the exact date? Uh, the exact date is going to be. Sorry, hold on. Uh, November twelfth. Okay. It's going to be six ninety nine, and it's mm. going to launch with. Um, I believe the numbers are here. Uh, it is going to launch with eighteen Pixar movies. Uh, all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thirty yeah. seasons of The Simpsons. Good lord. Uh, Bambi, Snow White, Lion okay, King, okay. Moana, Frozen, 5,000 5, episodes of Disney Channel shows, and 100 Disney Channel original movies, and it's also launching with The Mandalorian. So all of the Disney, everybody. All of it. All of the Disney, all of the Simpsons, and a large chunk of Star Wars, Marvel, and everything else we could ask for. Seven, uh, seven bucks. Thing is interesting. Seven bucks. Um, the uh, the very specific numbers they said is that they will be launching they uh seven thousand episodes of TV and five hundred movies. That is the launch expectation. <sighs> oh my god. Yep. Uh, at seven dollars a month, which is actually really cheap compared to Netflix, and is a lot more content, I think. There are a lot of crying Michael Jordan memes going out for Netflix over this. Yeah. Netflix is fine. Netflix will survive <laughs> this, without even a doubt. Netflix there, is there, fine. Trust me, there is a, a wealth of audience members out there that are looking for content that uh, just won't ever be provided by Disney. Yep. Uh, the other people really like, interesting... People got crazy, messed up movies like Swiss Army Man can yeah. go to Netflix to find that stuff. Yeah. Um, the other really appealing thing is that they're going to... They still have uh, plans to do something with Hulu. We're not really sure what their Hulu plans are yet. 
I'm guessing it's going to be for a lot of their Fox, you know, not safe for families content, stuff like Aliens, stuff like Predator, stuff like American Horror Story, uh, and st- uh, uh, and other content. Uh, I'm sure uh, Runaways will stay on Hulu as it has been. Uh, we're going to get uh, Handmaiden's Tale, probably stick through with it and some other stuff here and there. Some shows are getting dropped, you can tell, but yeah, they're sticking with the mainstay. Uh, Lost will probably make its permanent home there, which is kind of interesting. That's kind of where we've figured out that it's probably sticking. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if South Park stays on there. Um, But, you know, it's hard because... Uh, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Neon Alley, which is a anime streaming service, is has a deal with Hulu right now, and uh, that's an in for Disney to get back into doing anime movies as they did in the early 2000s with like Spirit Away and Mononoke. <laughs> the, um, the sheer, I'm sorry, Zach. The sheer fact you brought that up means you're more excited than either of us. That the fact they're going to save anime. About Hulu? No, about oh, Hulu about saving Hulu, anime. Oh, sure, yeah, whatever. I mean, Miyazaki <laughs> movies are masterpieces, dude. Fuck you. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's something. Well, I, I mean, I gotta be honest. I'm behind up on Miyazaki. I, I really want to... There's going to be a time where I sit down and watch all of them in a row. I, I've got a couple yeah. down, but yeah. like, I like really sit down and watch them. But, Here, here's, uh, the thing. I, here's the thing, Chris. Miyazaki was distributed by Disney for years. Okay, like, hold on. It's 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 a real thing. Like it, I'm not like just kidding. I didn't say. Like, this is... <laughs> did you bring up Miyazaki the exact moment I pointed that out? Because I wasn't talking about Miyazaki. I was talking about anime, but that's what Neon Alley is. That's okay, then where did where did Miyazaki come up? Because uh, the fact that Disney yeah. owns sixty percent of Hulu and they have access to Neon Alley now. Okay. Which means okay. It's, a, it's a gateway. To, it's a gateway to anime content. Like I said, I'm not complaining. It just sounds like you're really excited. No, I mean I am really excited. I'm really because I own a Hulu account. Like I'm excited to see what Disney actually tries to pull with this. Like with like Neon Alley and all this. I actually am very excited to see what this gateway opens us up to. Um what any other numbers? Uh No, that's I think that's that's like the main numbers that they talked about at their investors meeting was just uh, how much stuff they're going to put on there, the number of movies. Um, look, they confirmed uh, Falcon and Winter and uh, Winter Soldier to be in development. That's the name of the, the Falcon. Oh, uh, oh, yes. Talk about this. Yeah. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is the name of the spinoff series starring uh, Anthony Mackie and, uh, and Stan. Sebastian Stan. No. Scarlet Witch and uh, The Vision. What's their show called? Uh, we don't know. They didn't. Announce. No, they did actually. Oh, uh, then I don't know. I didn't read it. Wandavision. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's uh. That's awful. Interesting. That is that is bad. Unless the tone of the show is great. If the tone of the show is fun and adventurous, then I'm going to be like, hey, they're going to be like, Alex, where are you going? I'm be like, oh, me? I'm going to go binge some WandaVision. <laughs> it's all in how you say it. If you want to say it, there you go. But yes, I do think that's kind of a bad name to just sort of put out there when you don't know what the tone of the show is. If we start watching the show and then it's like, Wanda, I, I know you're pregnant, but we're stuck in this building and we need to get out of here. But the lives of these hostages are so important. 
What do we do on the next WandaVision? <laughs> but, I, again, who knows, who knows what's going to go with it. It's We've got, you know, that, that show's not going to be out for a while. I think they're trying to launch with Falcon, Winter Soldier, and the Loki series before Ooh. they do anything with Scarlet. Witch and Vision. I can imagine it being a sitcom, kind of like Modern Family, or Last Man Standing. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> where have you been? I had a long day at work. I wanted to drink at the bar with my friends and go bowling. Um, oh, one other thing did come out, actually, that we, we should talk about, actually. Okay, what sure. happened? We got a full feature-length trailer for Lion King. We did, didn't we? Yes, we did. I did not watch that. Uh, we got the full uh, beginning rendition of Hakuna Matata with uh, Seth Rogen and... Uh, I'm sorry, what is it called? Hakuna Matata. Uh, I was hoping you'd hit that hard H again. I liked it. Hakuna. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I was. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a Yiddish expression. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an accent. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what a wonderful phrase. Uh, yeah, it means no worries. Oh God! You didn't, you didn't no, get no, it. No, no. I'm, I'm already really sad. Uh, anyways, um, I'm really excited. It looks really good. Best anime um, to feature it, 2019. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be in July, uh, which is nice. Uh, it looks really good. Uh, I'm really excited to see it. I have complete faith in John Favreau because he knows how to direct good movies usually. Usually, <laughs> I, I could. Uh, I may I may go see it in the theater if people say it's good. Then I'll, I may go take the effort to go see it and give it a chance, but as of right now, like I have no, I just don't care. I mean, here here's the big thing. Like, a lot of people when they saw the Jungle Book, like were like, "Oh, I I'm not interested in this at all." And then it got like really good reviews, and people were like, "Oh, we should go see this." And it made not, a, and it made a shit ton of money at the second run, in the second run listen, than it did in the first. We made run. it ten minutes, guys. I, I mean, I don't really care about. The money, the money, it's the Jungle Book and it's Disney, it's, it's just going to make money. It's had a great cast and everything, but I, yeah. I have my own problem with Jungle Book on my own terms, uh, although I do love John Favreau, but uh, everything I've seen of The Lion King tells me they're just remaking The Lion King, regardless of whether it's John Favreau or not. I think he's going to make it entertaining, but it also just seems like he's making the same thing. The Jungle Book had some deviations, sure, but the Jungle Book was just pretty much the Jungle Book. And I don't know. Like, yeah, and I think that's my biggest... I think that, that was my biggest problem with the movie, is that it was it was just a 100% remake of the, of the original, and I think that that's kind of the same issue with, with this Lion King movie, but it looks cool. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see where it goes, and I'm going to see it. I'm going to try to see it at least. Um, and, you I know... We'll see, I guess. Yeah. I, I really... Uh, then that's the other thing. I also... I'm one of those people who are walking around going, it's just... It's kind of bland looking. Um, I don't know. I just... It also doesn't look interesting to me. It just looks kind of... It, it's not that it doesn't... It looks too real or anything like that. It just lacks a sense of color that the first one yeah. made majestic. Like, that stuck yeah, in everyone. Yeah, and this, this new trailer... 
gives a lot more color going on, which is nice. We see a lot more color going on with it, um, which is nice. And there's definitely the dark scenes that, you know, the, the old movie was known for, even with all the color. And this trailer is really showing off a lot more of the color now, which is nice. Um, we, we did get to see some of the famous, you know, time, time, uh, time skip scenes and all that and there's some pretty stuff going on with it and it looks very gorgeous so I guess you, we you heard it here kids you heard it here first kids Lion King very gorgeous best anime yeah. feature 2019 calling it right now it's uh what is it what is it up against so far does, does uh, anybody know It'll be up. What it'll be up. Maybe it'll be up against um, Laika's uh, Laika's new movie, uh, Bigfoot. It might be. Uh, uh, oh. what, How did you do Dragon Three? Uh, those two are the only when ones that come to mind. When does Toy Story Four come out? Uh, uh, July. Yeah. No, May. Uh, Wait. It's, all, it's also going to be against you know Frozen Two. Oh, there you go. God, dang it, that sucks. Dang it, it's not going to win. Ah, oh, sucks. and uh, I guess technically it's also going to be up against Detective Pikachu, which actually looks really good. No, that doesn't count. Yeah, but that's what are you talking about? Film. What? That is not an animated film. That is not an animated film. I, I guess. I mean, the Pokemon yeah, are all animated. Dude, you know, you know that's not an animated movie. I know. But dude, that movie looks so freaking dope, dude. Like, It does, I'm not saying that, but you, you can't sit here and kind of weasel your way into that nomination. That's a write-in if I've ever heard it. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, I, got, I, got I, I didn't... I never thought I would actually be really excited for the idea that like... Outside of the two obvious, like, big hitters for this year, like, the, like, kind of blockbustery movie I'm, like, really excited for this year is fucking Pokemon. <laughs> Talk that's, about Game of Thrones. It's not what? Yeah. Talk about Game of Thrones. Yeah, so we can move on to the real Game topic. Of Why, you gotta think against Pokemon? No. No, I have nothing against Pokemon. No, like, me, I, no. I, I don't have any yeah, against Pokemon. Let's why just, would you? I want to talk about Star. Pokemon. I want to talk about the big thing. Sack. <laughs> oh, I have nothing. I have nothing against Pokemon. I have nothing against Pokemon. I work for them. Remember? You work. Wait a second. I thought you weren't supposed to say who you worked for. I thought it was supposed to be a secret. No, 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 no. That's my day job. My my not day job is Pokemon. I did that at the movie theater. You guys know that. That's when I went to Anaheim. Yeah, I I did know that. Oh yeah, where you actually fight with real Pokemon? That's yeah, I, I yeah I I committed <laughs> to Star. Like, yeah, I, I literally threw Pokemon to their African death. It was hilarious. Why you have a little African child in your Pokeball is just beyond oh, me. God, no. Oh God! Oh God, Alex! <laughs> oh my God! He's the one who plays Pokemon. He's the one who enslaves those creatures. I'm the one who protests every match he goes to. Chris, you know that. Oh my God. Where my peace jacket? Explicit. I've got my signs. Pokey not. Pokey come on. That's me, man. Those are mine. 
<laughs> I know, right? I don't want him to fight with his Pokemon also a little Africa child, but he does. That's the crazy thing. He's a winner. Why do you think uh-huh. he's like? Why do you think people look up to his like Pokemon cards, man? They're they're, they're Dude, crazy. I just want to point out. I I didn't think that it would ever be something that like I'd be excited for is Ryan Reynolds playing a Pikachu, but man, Ryan Reynolds is an he's an actor. <laughs> That, that's the interesting thing. It would be like if Star Wars came out and said, "We're going to make the Han Solo, we're going to make the Rogue One movie or the Han Solo movie." Like it's a, they're the first major American Pokemon movie that they're coming out with, like real hardcore one that's trying to reach everyone, even the people who don't know about the world, is about a detective Pikachu with the voice of Ryan Reynolds. Like it's supposed to be a detective story. Like they're going to have like, my guess is it's going to be a lot like Roger Rabbit. That's what I'm thinking. We're going to see kind of a Roger Rabbit type thing. And yeah. that, that is just like so not what people would expect out of Pokemon. And that's that's such a good uh, step forward. That's like, but you know what's funny is that Roger Rabbit is still a great movie because it has a really fun story. It's not a it's not a particularly like strong movie, but it's got such a fun story that people will just like rewatch it every so often. I, I Last time I rewatched it, I actually... I don't know if it was the story that got me so much it was like... I feel like that's just a showcase for the effects, but also it's a very simple. It's a it's a throwback to film noirs in a very lovely way. Like I really, I really feel like the people who made it uh, cared about the that genre and what they were making, as well as like how yeah. they were making. It. And it's weird because, like you said, I kind of get vibes from Detective Pik- the same kind of vibes from Detective Pikachu is that the people who are making this movie really love what they're doing and they're really trying to honor it as best as they can while still having fun telling a new story. Yeah, I feel like if they want to make more Pokemon movies, they want to enter us into the world first, uh, rather than to the main people of it first, which is such an interesting way if you want to make a cinematic universe in some respect. That's, that movie's Yeah, well, out. I think, like, cinematic universes have been so standardized now that, like, breaking the mold with this movie is smart. I don't know if they're standardized. I think franchises are standard, standardized for sure, but universes are different. And maybe I'm overstepping by saying universe is what they're trying here. I think this is a good step forward for a franchise, for sure. Yes, and I would be shocked if this movie didn't end up being like a success. Even if it doesn't make a lot of money, Like I think this movie is going to be uh, considered a success. I mean, the runtime's 104 minutes. We have that, so it's like... So it's like it's like an hour and forty minutes, which is like a perfect point for like a good tonight's movie. What? Tonight's movie was one hundred and forty minutes. What was? Rambo three. Yeah, was one hundred and four? No, hundred. It was a hundred, and it was an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, that's it's one hundred and four minutes. Uh, I think. This movie has like 104 is really short for modern film. Let, let me be clear. Yes, I did. I, I just say I, I I just felt like you were confused by what I was saying. Uh, yeah, because you're like half breaking out too. Mm, okay. Um. Yeah. Like, well, 104 minutes is like really short by modern standards now, though. Gotta start somewhere. For for like big budget like movies for big epic movies yeah but i feel like this is something a little bit smaller i think they can get away with an hour and 40 pretty comfortably yeah and i i i i'm not denying that i i just think it's very interesting that they uh they are definitely like 
doing interesting things here. I I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I the new trailer they showed, they just kind of showed off all the the, the, the new Pokemon effects. is really cool looking, and it, it's very funny and, and like in the right kind of way. And yeah, I don't know, like. No, I'm excited for it too. I, I it's a very interesting way to say we want to start making Pokemon movies for the masses. Yeah, uh, this is. For sure, not something that they've done because they're traditionally animated movies, and this is their first take into live action. That, and they're starting with like a detective Pokemon that talks to a human, and that's usually not the how that story started and reached America. It was about Ash and his friends, and that's yes. that's how people thought that they were going to reboot the series and approach it and open the world that way, and instead they picked a specific Pokemon who can talk, who's also a throwback to Humphrey Bogart movies. That That's crazy. That's crazy. With a it's black crazy, but it's like, it's crazy in a really good way, though, which is weird. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. I think it will be a success. It's just such an, an interesting, fresh way to approach franchising your, uh, your entire franchise, I guess, product um, to the world. Like, we're going to get the States, we're going to get Europe, and we're going to get China. And we're going to get India. We're going to get all four major markets in the world, and we're going to approach it this way. And we're going to enter people into the world, not by Ash, but by this really odd approach that is going to be fun and interesting and small. And it's just going to get people into the world. That It's one yeah. goal, really simple, and I like it. I really do. It's odd. And um, I think it I think. I, it I think what's really also... I think what's also really interesting is that he is, the guy who's directing it is like a guy who has not directed a lot of good movies. And I think this might be his first breakout hit. Um, I haven't looked into who's making it. Um, uh, the guy who did Shark Tale and Gulliver's Travels and Goosebumps. They, okay, there you go. Those are all three very competent movies. So. Yeah, that actually makes me a little worried. Yeah. That makes me uh, feel like this you might be a little too safe, or maybe... But that's there's a bounce between too safe and four kids. And in all three of those movies that he made are four kids, but I honestly think that Goosebumps is a, is a much sharper movie than the other two. So maybe by this point, he has fine-tuned this idea of, of getting something that's family, that can be for the whole family. But also, yeah, he also yeah. seems like a safe director to me. Yeah, I think they, uh, I didn't, I think they didn't want to pick someone too bad, and they didn't want to pick someone too good because they wanted to get it off the ground. And I think this is, I as weird as it is, I think this is the director to get it off the ground, and then they can they can start working with more interesting directors now that you know this is out and it's probably going to do pretty well. Yeah, it kind of depends on what their goal is. If the goal is just to show a lot of Pokemon and enter into the world of, of their idea of what this new live-action Pokemon movies will be, and then we just need Ryan Reynolds to be funny, and we just need a director to point the camera at an empty room and get a few good shots with this uh, lead actor that we have. And it, it may be a job for hire, and they, he may just have been somebody that worked with some people before, or whatever the reason is. But yeah, I agree. Maybe he's just someone that's going to get it off the ground and enter us into the world and that's what he's there for just to get this uh project and its simple goals out there and then once they get the audience reaction and test the water they can go but my i guess what my biggest concern maybe is how much is it going to be straight for kids how much is it going to be for the whole family 
like where's the level there? That that's yeah. That's, and I, I think if I think if the trailers are good indication of this of what's going on with the story, I think there's going to be a little bit of everything for everyone. I hope so. Um, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that there's going to be a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm not expecting something, you know, I'm not expecting it to be the best, you know, you know, family friendly movie of the year, but I, I, I'm expecting it to be solid and to be a good entry point for a live action universe or franchise, I guess is the better term to use. Agreed. So, uh, Alex, Game of Thrones. (laughs) Okay, so I, uh, you love Game of Thrones a little bit more than I do, but the, it's just dawned on me when we started talking about this that it's two days away from now. But I do, I am interested. It is the last season. Every yep. episode that they have left is supposed to be like its own little movie. Um, yeah, it's about an I, hour. It's about an hour to hour twenty minutes each. Each episode is about the timeline that they're giving us. Um, I think the longest episode is like just under ninety minutes, and. The shortest is going to be sixty minutes, I believe. I, I'm, I'm interested. Um, I, I'm, I, yeah. These these aren't. An, this isn't an adaptation anymore. It's a TV show. So I'm interested to see how they close out. Yeah, on TV and show. Uh, George R. R. Martin actually like went on record and said like, the what these guys have done, and he's seen the whole season already. By the way, uh, they have shown George R. R. Martin the complete season. And he has said that um, the information he gave them to work off of to create this season was basically the Spark Notes ver- uh, version of what he's planning for the novels. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought was going to be the case. It's just how well they executed it. I, I think they've lost their touch as, yeah. the season gone, as the last two seasons have gone by as an adaptation. And going on those adaptations' turn, I, I feel like you're... You went from going on like a very cool, nice boat ride to now we're on a speedboat, and it's yeah. it's interesting. I do think it's really fun, and I am to watch it. It's a cultural milestone that yeah. everyone's going to be talking about. So I mean, I, it it's funny because uh, this is actually, as far as television cultural phenomenon, this is actually going to be the second one I've gone through. Uh, I, I went through a I lot of us have gone through. Yeah, I, I mean, Alex, I'm sure you went through it. I went through Lost. I watched week to week. I theorized. I read all the theories and did all that. And when it came there, it came and went. And I, I, I was part of that, man. Like I, I, <laughs> I did the whole nine yards with, with Lost when Lost had its final episode and its final season. Um, and this Game of Thrones is kind of be the kind of second one, and it's ironic because. I'm going to have another one next year, too. Well, what are you going to have next year? Supernatural's ending next year. Now, that, that's... 15 that's years. That's 15 years. Show. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say that's a milestone like Game of Thrones, but that certainly is a, a cult milestone, for sure. Because that's a yeah, strong... Yeah, I mean, I... Strong against the people, but, like, that's not, like... In like, my opinion, level. Supernatural ended at season five, but that's... That's a whole other argument. <laughs> do, do I think they had some pretty solid episodes and maybe even a solid season since then? Yes, but nothing will be better than like Misha Collins is fresh on his thing. He's like at his his peak, I in my opinion. And 
it the ending was just so perfect i thought um with the idea that despite everything they sacrificed you know they kind of they kind of got got a win and that was kind of what we needed for those of us watching at the time is that sam and dean kind of needed that win where you know dean got his family that he always wanted and sam you know got his brother <laughs> yeah um my sister loves that show and she follows it too i don't have very uh, many that i've been able to watch all the way at the beginning the end i think the one that i'm the happiest with was futurama Futurama was a show that was there from day one all the way to the very end, and oh, I really loved that Alex, experience. Alex, I, I could tell you so many sad stories about me watching Futurama. So, much like you, Alex, I actually was I there. With, uh, much like you, I, I was at Futurama pretty close to the beginning. I think I jumped in about halfway through season one. But, um, day one, baby. Day one right here. I, me, I remember when it premiered and i remember watching it late at night on like adult swim shortly and then it, it wasn't it what was it also on for a while it was on adult swim it was also on um what was the original network it was on i can't remember fox 1999 yeah i remember like watching it on fox too and dude the first time i watched the seymour episode i like that was right after my dog died and that episode broke my heart like I I was bawling the rest of the night after watching that episode. That episode was perfect. Yeah, Futurama is a perfect show. Like it's it yeah, has episodes that make me die beginning to end, and it has episodes that have made me absolutely fall. Like when she I, when when Leela finds her when Leela finds her parents for the first time, the way that episode ends gets me every time. Every time, man, that show. Uh, that show is right, the episode where uh, with Fry's mom that that also like broke my heart too. Dude, man, that show's great. Like, but yeah, that I hate to reel off too much. Did you end up watching any amount of Disenchanted? No. Really? Yeah, I just haven't gotten around to it. Fair enough. But yeah, uh, Futurama. I, I, yeah, Futurama I stopped watching. I was, would go and I, I stayed Futurama all the way through because I stayed through the beginning. I was going to yeah. follow that show, that show to the end. But um, I know I never got around to Disenchanted. I the really funny thing is like Futurama people thought got canceled like four or five times <laughs> Yeah, no, they that, yeah they, they got they got so many different like Family Guy they got cut and they got they changed networks in a bunch but they had a good stay at the end on Comedy yeah. Central they had like three four seasons on Comedy yeah. Central. Well, they got I to end funny. they got to end the way they wanted to uh, at Comedy Central. Comedy Central said, "All right, guys, like." we have this planning and they gave them like a good two years and they got to write themselves into that. Uh, I remember when Futurama ended with, uh, the, the last like kind of mixed bag episode chunk. And then they did the four movies and like, yeah, we're going to do three movies and that's how we're going to end the series. And then right after that, people like blew up because they loved the movies so much. And then they made like two, three more seasons and they're like, all right, now we're canceled for real. And then, uh, and then, uh, Comedy Central picked them up and we're like, oh, I guess we're getting four more scenes of Futurama. Like, Futurama was one of those shows that, like, never seemed to want to die, and then it finally got to end the way people wanted to, and it was just, like, perfect. It had ebbs and flows, but it's, it was solid all the way through, and it's a, yeah, it a great Yeah, I never actually ever, I don't think there's ever an episode of Futurama I actually hate, which is weird. 
I, I would agree. But the th- interesting thing about Game of Thrones for me is that it's not like a big... I, I wasn't... I've, I've watched it all the way through season for season, but I've never been as invested as the, as the biggest, largest fans. I do get to be able to say that I was there when I, from beginning to end, but at the same time, I was never... I'm not really a fan. I wouldn't say that I'm a huge fan. I, I just want to... I'm more impressed by the show and, and what it's done and how it tells its story than the yeah. story itself. I do think that the story is coming together perfectly, but also if it had the room to breathe in its final seasons the way it does in the first ones... Uh, it would be perfect, and it's it's it can't be that, and that's that kind of sucks. But also, it's what it's doing interests me in so many ways. Like it's yeah, just so I, well done. I think I think the really funny thing about Game of Thrones is I jumped into it like right after season, like during the off season between season two and three, and um, I got to watch through all of season three, knowing what because I had read the books and I knew what was coming with season three, and I was like. This is it, and I like had like the it nailed down to a tooth when the last you know the red wedding was gonna happen, and uh, I remember tempted because uh, some of my friends had never read the books, and I was tempted to get a camera to get reactions from the red wedding, but I decided not to. But man, that that was nuts, dude. I this has been a fun ride. It's. These next six episodes are gonna like be heartbreaking, but they're gonna be fun. So much fun. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think it's gonna be the happiest of endings, but I am no. very interested in how they're going to pull all of this off. Like, it's just ne- it's not gonna work, but it's gonna be interesting to see them try. It's gonna I mean, be one of the best as TV shows of all time. I can tell that, but like, it's I, gonna be interesting. I, you know, as weird as it is, I think it, the sad thing is it might might work though it's it's weird because it might work that that's the thing there's always that chance that it works despite all the belief that it won't uh i'm very yeah i'm excited i i i'm i'm interested but i'm not like i'm gonna see it every night like i can i'll be able to watch it like the next day i'll, yeah. I'll be able to think pieces so, uh, Alex, I, I think we've rabbled enough, and I think we need to give Chris his, his time in the sun now. I hope you guys well, enjoyed I, I the Zach and Alex show, because it's time to get back to the Meister Movie Podcast. Because you want to know what happened today? <laughs> you want to know what freaking happened today? Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker! so long and that's fine but I, I do want to remind you that when this thing started uh so long ago you made us go through so much star wars content yes i did yep so I when did you say we're back with the maestro movie podcast i believe you when you say that because we're back we are star wars yeah. is full star circle wars is wheelhouse. <laughs> star wars chris is Back. I love yes. It. Yeah. I mean, we'll get we'll get a lot more of this come like November and December, but yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get real sick of it like Christmas music, but at the same time, this is Chris's music. Yeah. Woo! I. <laughs> I'm gonna Woo! let Chris have his moment because I think he he's listened to enough of us talking about Disney Plus and Star Wars 
or not Star Wars, in Game of Thrones and Futurama and and Lost and, and stuff he doesn't watch. <laughs> Stuff he hasn't seen or... I literally flipped my chair. What's on your mind? I literally just flipped my chair. Like, I am so excited. Hold on, I gotta reset here. Hold on. Ah! I dropped the phone again. Hold on. So, wait, wait, wait. You flipped your chair and you dropped your phone? Yeah. No, I just okay, dropped my so phone. I put this, my chair when I first flipped out. What's gonna actually happen when the movie comes out, man? You gotta like, you gotta. Dude, you gotta have, like, let's your room stop. Nail things to the floor. Yeah, dude, you get. You better get like some blood pressure medication prepared because <laughs> get a padded room because this is. Uh, I, I'm starting to get worried. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Listen, I did not. I don't think, think. I don't know if you know this, but Chris' strength when he is at his peak Star Wars fandom is the strength of about uh, a, I think a, a hundred fifty pound gorilla. No, yeah. I think it's. I think it's like it's the strength of a Hulk. Oh, there, there you go. Um, it's a Hulk strength. You can't um, can't mess with Chris in peak fandom. So, as some of you guys know, leading up to this trailer reveal, I was in full Endgame mode. Like, I would. That's so that was what Marvel wanted. I think Marvel that was the intent. The intent was to get everybody to think about Endgame and it close, and then boom, boom, swift, swift gut shot to all those Star Wars fans. Remember, like, we've got both your balls in our hands. Like that's it was a smart move. I just want to point. I actually want to actually mention something real quick. I was uh, so first and foremost, I have not seen the trailer yet. Oh my god. Because I was... You've had! Hey, How many hey, hours? Let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, at work, we're not allowed to be on uh, on the inter- the proper internet and on our phones. So I didn't know about the trailer until I checked my phone at 6 o'clock. And, you know, Chris had been freaking out for four hours. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, more importantly, I, I like immediately read a lot of the reviews... And some of the things that are said in about this trailer are are, are downright hateful on a, a certain movie that came out two years ago. Shut up! Last year, last year. Shut up! Stop right there. Watch the trailer. I don't care what anybody else says. Watch the trailer. Mute yourself and watch the freaking trailer, man. I mean, anyway. I, I, I heard some things about exactly. the trailer. You should mute yourself and watch the trailer because I, I am interested in what you might actually I, think uh, of. I'm going to tell you, you know what? You know what? Here's my answer to both of you on this one. I'm going to make you I'm going to make you wait till after Endgame to watch the trailer. Mute yourself. Why? Mute yourself right now cuz I'm talking about this trailer. Wait, 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 wait. It's Chris, Chris, I want to hear his legitimate reason why cuz he said that pretty confidently like it was a smart decision. I because Chris is like borderline threatening me. To watch this trailer, and I kind of want to watch Chris squirm up for a couple weeks. I don't care! Waiting to hear my opinions on this one. Okay, so fair enough. That is a very funny reason. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, we are on a film podcast meant to talk about the content of film. So I think you should probably watch it so we can talk about it, man. I... That's kind of my argument. I, like, I, I, have read, I have read some things. I've not seen any of the imagery. And nope, I'm not nope, nope, to... nope. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Doesn't count to me. I no. Know what mm, no. 
talk, you know what? How about this? If you're not going to talk about it, Zach, then you are not allowed to give any opinions about what we say. Exactly. Thank you. That's 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 fine. Uh, but I am going to say uh, a couple things. No, you you're not. You're done. You're done. You can't you're done. You're done. You said you talked about your Game of Thrones. You talked about your Pokemon. You talked about everything. This is my moment. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not even talking about the trailer here yet. I'm talking what people have said about the trailer. I'm not. I don't care. I'm not even going to talk about directly. I'm not even necessarily talking about Rise of Skywalker itself either. I'm talking about Last Jedi. whatever. You have to say about Last Jedi. So, I was reading the comments on on people who were asking anything about the content of the new trailer. This had nothing to do with it. People were just saying really hurtful, hateful things about Last Jedi. Again, still. Yeah, that's because they're idiots and they're dumb. Well, obviously. Now, now I'm going to let you guys do do your thing about this and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to okay. shut up now. Alex, are you ready? They call yeah, back so to Mad Freaking Max! There was Mad Max in this trailer! Wait, what? Did you see that shot where they're in the desert on the speeders? And it looks like it's on the, like a Mad Max speeder bike? Oh, I'm so for this! It's got Mad Max in it! So, okay, so I'm gonna get into like the bigger questions at the end. But, like, what do... I wanted to, like, land on some of that imagery. How, how did you feel about her doing that backflip thing? Okay. Um, so... How did she learn how to do that? Uh, okay, so, first of all, she can... I think she has... When people say stuff like that, it really is interesting to me, because, like, who's to say she didn't learn how to fight? Or, like, learn how to, like, do gymnastics or any sort of, like, stuff when she was on that planet fending for herself. Yeah. And we have to see, how like, how she trained to learn how to do stuff like that. The whole point is she understands how to use the Force to shoot her up into the air. She knows how to use the Force to help her defy gravity the way that the uh, Jedis used to easily be able to do in the prequels. If she wants to do a backflip, she can assist herself to do a better backflip uh, with the Force. She does an unassisted, no-hand cartwheel to allegedly cut this freak, cut this freaking Tie Fighter in half. Half and like scrounge for scrap metal. She could also fly a ship and fend it off a Jedi Master. Like she can fight, bro. Yeah, she can. She she can scrap. Um. <laughs> what more? What more do you need to know to prove like how right. how many training montages do you need to see? Here's the thing. I don't. I'm not saying like. I'm not saying like. I'm not asking like. Um, whether or not the logistics of that make any sense, I'm just saying it looked awesome, and I'm like, I'm, I kind of asked that question. I'm like, wow, that was amazing. How did? Where did she learn to do that? In like that kind of sense, I'm not saying like it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just saying like it, it looked awesome. I was like, where did she learn how to do that? It's it's kind of like how like how I felt in Civil War when Captain America kicked a car into another person. I'm like. <laughs> Where do you get the idea to do that? <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That is that's a good point. How does he go from like the weird kind of grapply, uh, wrestly fight from the end of First Avenger to like kicking people off boats in, the, in Winter kicking Soldier? Kicking cars into when people. Did so, when did he get so fucking aggressive? Like, yeah, I get, I get you. But um, also at the same time, like, 
to me, she if she can pull off the the fight at the end of the first movie and the fight at the end of the second movie, I have no problems with her doing like crazy force aided um, stuff like that. But uh, um, also, she's our hero, man. It's just this is her this is her Return of the Jedi. Like if if Luke Skywalker can pull off all the stuff he did at Jabba's palace and fi- fend off Darth Vader based off Thank training you. that none of us saw. Like, he went from failing and getting his arm cut off to being, like, the greatest Jedi ever. We didn't see any of that. And people didn't say anything. Like, who cares? Exactly. Um, new planets, new creatures, uh, Mad did, Max. When did J.J. Abrams learn how to do slow-mo like that? When did he start doing that? That is actually a good point. No, he did it during uh, Star... It was the first, uh, his first of his Star Trek movies. I remember slow-mo in that. Yeah, when they went through light speed, but not no, when not they, a, not, uh, not that. Not, it was just like, some you, drama, uh, not, no, not when it was like moments of drama. He's not a moment of drama or action kind of slow-mo guy. At least not that I can remember. No, oh, um, that, the scene, to me. the scene in the first, um, J.J. Abrams, uh, Star Trek, where he, where it's young Kirk and he jumps out of the, he jumps out of the car before it plunges off a cliff. That's the one I can remember. That's the one I can remember. Huh. I, I think you're right, yeah. That's a good point. But yeah, that's the only one that I can remember, too. Uh, but that's interesting. Desert location, all that stuff. Um, what did you think about him repairing his helmet? Um, it, hmm. See, now that, see, now that, I'm, that I'm kind of on the fence about. It's kind of like... The helmet was being... Go ahead. I'm sorry, what was that? I, he may not have been repairing it, but somebody was repairing his helmet. Right. No, no, yeah, somebody was repairing his helmet. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I kind of like how it was in the last movie, like, okay, you think I'm just a childish boy in a mask? Well, I'll just ditch the mask and kill everybody in sight. And now he's going back to the mask, I guess, to be his own person. But the person he's going back to is kind of fractured, which... Actually, the whole point of going back would go against what he said at the climax of um, the Last Jedi, and like about how like the Sith, the Jedi, let or like let the past die, like what he said at, um, when he was um, shirtless, Kylo Ren. Um, kind of, to me, it kind of goes against that, but I'm like, but I'm kind of like. I'm willing to let that go because he's the heel, I guess. Like what about, what about Palpatine? See, now that that had me thinking for a while and like I got see I got the exact same bad taste in my mouth from what you were talking about before and that exact same bad taste in my mouth with Palpatine. I saw the helmet getting repaired and I was like he said, "Let the past die," and then you hear Palpatine's voice, and I'm like, "Oh, cause Snoke died." Like, well, come on, guys. What you, is this a tug of war between a blanket of directors? Is this like two directors fighting over a blanket at, at nap time in kindergarten? What's going on right now? That that ha- I've always it, said that's it, been that was the thing that I've had against this trilogy is that they, they never really originally had a plan. Um, they just said, "JJ, here's a movie. You do it," and then they said, "Oh, hey, Ryan, you uh." You do a sequel to that movie, do it your own way, and then they, at the time, said Colin Javaro, okay, you, Colin, do your thing. But then they, everybody saw the Book of Henry and was like, to hell with this guy, we'll go bring back J.J., and then J.J.'s gonna probably make a sequel to 7 instead of 8. 
Like, where's the coalition? Where's the um, continuity here? Um, so, but still, going back to Palpatine, I can kind of see where they're going with it. Whereas, like Kylo has a tendency to when he struggles with something and is really driven to, like, when he's driven to the point of conflict, like, he'll just cut out, he'll just cut the source. Like, he did it with Han, he did it with, he tried to do it with Luke, and it just worked, and it worked against him. Um, like, he may feel desperate, like, by Ray, by, like, Ray's power, and he may unlock Pandora's box, the, the Star Wars version of Pandora's box, and out comes frickin' Palpatine. I don't know. And then, like, I... Uh, this, it's... I gotta admit, I like that. I know, I like it. But then that could lead... Palpatine would be... No, go ahead. Palpatine would be his Joker. They... He, he looked for assistance and he found help and he didn't know what he was looking to. But I, how do you feel about him coming back? I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to sit like, on that. I'm going to have to sit on this for a while. Because that's interesting to me too. Because it's not so much. I'm not. Because when I heard that, I was like, I should be sitting here asking all the ways that Palpatine could come back. And you just gave a very, very, really good one. Like he, like Kylo Ren needs help, or like he's desperate, so he finds something and he opens a Pandora's box. All of a sudden, the Emperor. Like that's a great idea. But that's not the question that's really bugging me. The question is, how do I feel about him coming back? Like, how do I feel about like the old world coming back? Like, like. This, I feel like there's a good ushering to this new world. Why bring back that guy? That guy of all people. who All he did was just, like, manipulate people in the original prequels. He barely, like, he already made his manipulative plans against Darth Vader and, like, what he was able to do in the, in the second trilogy. And, like, what, even if he gets his hand in here, like, who cares? The whole point of someone like Snoke is, like... Get that element out. You've already got that element out. You Now you have Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is the big guy. But that begs the question. Then if we're bringing back big bad guys that are, like, more troublesome or, like, they're the real concerns other than Kylo, then what's Kylo's arc? Is the real question about the stories the soul of Kylo Ren? Is he the one we're trying to save the way that they couldn't save Anakin properly or in time they were too late for anakin anakin saved uh his son sure but he like destroyed planets he murdered tons of people he was an evil person for a very long time and he died an old man i don't i don't think they want that for kylo ren i think that that if you're gonna sit here and you're gonna bring these kind of bigger people in why would i want them in in the first place when we got kylo well what if kylo wasn't kylo well if that's the case then is the real story about how he changes and what kind of person he becomes. And if that's the case, I'm kind of in. Kind of. But there's also a part of me that loves the element of Star Wars of just having a bad guy sometimes. And at the end of Last Jedi, he is the bad guy. He owns up to it. He just basically steps up and he is... He Even Luke Skywalker says it. He's like, I'm not trying to save you, dude. I'm telling you right now, you're wrong. 
you've you're not going to change, and I don't care. And you have you got a war now. You've got a fight coming. I'm not I'm not joking around. Yeah, and I like that element. So I don't know which way to go. Yeah, they're going to sick John Rambo on him and, and see what he does with that. Um... <laughs> uh, Could you imagine? <laughs> see, I think it would be so funny if John Rambo was a Jedi. <laughs> not even just not even just a Jedi, just a madman in Star Wars. But, no, no, it would just be so amazing if, like, Anakin, when he's a little kid and, like, uh, Liam Neeson is there and so is Ewan McGregor and they all walk up to the council and you see all of those aliens and like Sam Jackson and Yoda and then in the back corner you see like at the very end of the group just John Rambo in a hood and he's like why do you think you'd be a good Jedi <laughs> so he's peaceful when he's not murdering people which is basically what a Jedi is <laughs> That's, I can't argue that I can't argue that. Um. <laughs> like I know, I know, Jedi are also supposed to be samurai, but that's kind of what samurais were too. Like they were peaceful until they weren't, and then they were murderous, murderous, dangerous people. So, for me, the only I don't think the now now that now that you talk about it, I don't think Palpatine's going to. I think JJ's smart enough. To acknowledge that Palpatine shouldn't be the main bad guy. If like I feel like he's I feel like somehow um Kylo Ren's gonna like open a Pandora's box and the Emperor is probably gonna manipulate him even further and then just drive him on a John Rambo style genocide. Um like, do I just you, do you want to know what my honest opinion is? Okay, go ahead. I think it's a smokescreen. I think See, it's a red herring. There you go. That that I that, mean, sure. I wouldn't dismiss these, that. These got me like it, it. It got me asking all these really interesting questions that we're talking about, like things that I want to work, things that I'd be afraid didn't work. But at the end of the day, that's a big piece of information to just give in the first teaser. Like, by the way, Palpatine shows up in the third act. I'm gonna more guess like he shows up like the evil queen does in the Chronicles of Narnia too. Like she just sort of shows up and she's like, "Hey, maybe I can be in the movies again." And they just shatter that ice wall and they're just like done. I'm wondering if that's gonna be the thing. It's the same thing with Palpatine. Like he's just gonna show up and like give Kylo an extra boost of like you're evil and do evil things because you're evil. Like I'm hoping that's the sort of deal that we get. And then they're just showing this right now because like he's the Yoda of the next movie. Sure, he shows up like for a little bit, but he's not gonna really have any impact on the actual plot. And it's all just a red herring to get us talking about this guy who shows up for like probably what will end up being two minutes in the movie. It kind of has me asking, like, this is just my dumb fandom that, like, has me thinking, like, if Palpatine shows up again, like, was he ever, (sighs) see now, was he ever really gone? Because even Luke said in the trailer, nobody's ever really gone. So they had me. So it's got me. It's got me asking a really, really stupid question. 
and I don't think I don't think it's true. I think it's, it might just be another dumb fan theory, and you might actually be right in the smokescreen. Could Snoke have been an avatar of Palpatine in a failsafe in case the worst should have happened? Dumb question. It's absolutely ludicrous, but I've legitimately been asking myself that, and I can't stop. And so here's the thing about that. Uh, that I'll say to that. Um, basically, what you're describing is a Horcrux situation. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like that. Vaguely, ba- that yeah. Basically, what you're implying is that the Emperor broke off a part of himself and made another person out of it to like hold his spirit, and that's what Snoke is. And then when the Emperor died, like he just sort of lived on through this other avatar of it. Like that. 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 That's how they would have to approach it. And there's no way anybody would walk away from that and be like Horcrux, right? Like, right, guys, Voldemort. Like, hello. Like you can't, you can't not do that. But also, um, I'm kind of afraid that they did that. Mm. So you've been thinking about it too, or did I, or did you just like? No, you you when you bring it up that way because I didn't think about that because again I, I kind of stopped at a certain point thinking about how he's in the picture and thinking about whether he's actually in the picture. What does his entrance in it mean? Any of it? What are the best ways to do it? Like how would JJ use it? Like. I'm more along the lines of thinking how they would approach it on a storytelling level before I think about how he's doing on like really within the universe of Star Wars. Right. So it's I I'm kind of afraid that JJ would walk up and be like, "Ha! It turns out that Snoke was really at the me the entire time. He he he! You you killed my avatar. You you hit my my Bruce Willis surrogate robot. Ooh! You hit my gamer robot with Gerard Butler. You found me out. Ooh! No, like that's." I'm kind of afraid that they did that because that way J.J. Abrams would have his emperor back and it would be like Snoke actually meant something in the first place and Kylo Ren doesn't know what's going to He's going to have to join sides with the good people to heal, to get the real villain, but like he killed his dad and he he just he destroyed an entire planet filled with people. Like Kylo's not a good dude. If you want to save his soul, like maybe that makes sense of what the third movie is and I can see that, but I also just like the fact that he's, he's a bad guy and you can't save him. You just can't save certain people. Uh, like Sometimes the wrong decisions from a parent or the way that they live their lives, the wrong parental figures and father figures that guide you down the path, sometimes you just can't stop that train. And that sucks. And Luke found that out the hard way. And at the end of the day, he walked away and said, I'm not here to save you. I'm here to tell you other people will stop you if you keep going. You know, I, I'm and I'm one of those people. I'm here to stop you because I don't expect you to stop. So I'm going to make you stop. I, I I'm interested to see if they keep going from that aspect. But see now, uh, so part of me that's wondering if like, yeah, they'll go and be like, Snoke was my robot. My was the whole crux. And I'd be like, oh god, that kind of sucks. Here's the thing, like, I get what you're saying, and I'm going to scare you a little further. Like, if he if he's like meant to be the bad guy and he just cannot be saved, why would you call the movie The Rise of Skywalker? There's only one other way you'd you'd get away with that. Like one being, it's a redemption arc and he's the one who gets saved in the end and he's not really the big bad. Which, like, after after the continuity of the Last Jedi, I'm not for or. The other solution, the other explanation to that, is that Ray is a Skywalker. So that was the question I was going to get to, 
is what you get out of that title. What if Skywalker? What What if Skywalker meant something other than a person? A moniker, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, I could see that. A place, a planet, a haven, the new name for the rebellion. Because the, the rebellion's like what a handful of people, right? Yeah, the resistance. Yeah. Yeah. What if the resistance became something else? What if it took on a new moniker because Luke Skywalker came back? And Skywalker became a place, like the Skywalker Ranch. Maybe, maybe they're maybe they're paying homage to that by actually making a Skywalker place. There could be other ways that you could use Skywalker. But yes, I was going to eventually get to the fact that the only real Skywalker that's left outside of Leia um, is him, because it would be really, 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 really dumb to make Rey a Skywalker now. Yeah. I would, I would hate that. I it would it, like doesn't mean I wouldn't enjoy the movie. Doesn't mean I wouldn't rewatch the movie. It had other good elements to it, but at the end of the day, like that would absolutely put like the worst taste in my mouth. Plus, that wouldn't be the end of the Skywalker saga, as they've toted or touted. I yes, to me, it makes more sense that it's a redemptive story for him, which means yes, you have to have some big bad guys and have, bringing the Emperor back makes sense for the sheer fact that we have no other big bad guys left other than Kylo. Kylo's the biggest bad guy we have left now. He killed Snoke. So if Snoke was an avatar for the Emperor, that would make sense. But that means this next movie has to bring in a villain. Oddly enough, kind of the way they just bring in a villain in the third movie of the prequels. Like, all of a sudden, here's General Grievous. Here's this guy, here's this robot with four, and, like, half the movie is gonna be fighting him to the boss level. Like, you have to care about this villain now. Here you go. I, I'm kind of afraid they're going to do that. And sure, I care about Kylo and I want him to have a redemptive arc, but I don't want us to, to just have a, a villain pooped out for no reason. Like maybe maybe something interesting will happen. Like uh, uh, Phasma turns out to be like comes back and like really becomes a big villain. That'd be crazy. But, like, that's not going to happen. No. It makes way more sense that the Emperor was an Avatar or he was controlling somebody or they're going to bring in some new villain that's, like, a Darth that we never knew about, um, which kind of sucks. Sure, I want, sure I like Adam Driver and I want to see Kylo have a redemption story. And it would be great if Rise of the Skywalker is about him changing to some degree and becoming a better person. But... Uh, I also like him as the bad guy, and I kind of wanted them to continue doing that. And I don't like the idea of them just sort of pooping out a villain because there are no villains left. Uh, so yeah, unless unless Darth Maul is, is still around. So AJ was actually asked about the meaning of the title, and you can guess he played Smoke and Mirrors. Um, it's on Slash Film. Uh, yeah, this is from Slash Film. Uh, he is quoted saying, well, the title feels like it's the right title for this movie. I know it's provocative and asks a bunch of questions, but when you see the movie, you'll see how it was intended and what it means. But in the flow of titles, this title had a very big responsibility. It had to be the end of not only three movies, but nine movies. The idea of incorporating the movies that come before Strangely is the story of the movie. And yeah, he's just playing his regular smoke and mirrors. So. Yeah, I mean, they're pulling the endgame tactic, yeah. which is just to not say anything, but the very little that you can. But yeah, I, I would say the, it's either, it's most likely about him, and the title is most likely a reference to him. Uh, I would believe that it's 
a name of the rebellion or the resistance or a place way more than I would believe it's about Ray. And if it is about Ray, then it's like putting um, a bunch of onions on a burger. It's for me, like not not just like one or two onions, which is fine, but like a bunch of onions. Like I'm like, oh, good, I'm satisfied. I had a burger and everything, but like, cool it on the onions next time. The rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it left a bad in my mouth. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, like, if Ray was a Skywalker, then it goes against the whole marketing campaign, and I don't think they're there for that. Um, I, don't th- I don't think they stand that, as the kids would say. Um, they could treat it like a twist, like we were, we were pulling a rug on you, but no, like, the whole, like, for them to make the entire statement that she is a nobody and that Skywalker thinks that he deserves this and that that's why he's he, he feels like he's earned it to some degree this power that he has um but it's it's solidified by the kid with the broom at the end that anybody has the force anybody could do it anybody could be what ray is that's the message of the movie and you can't take that away you can't undercut that it it really Again, we'll leave it. That's what leaves the bad taste in your mouth. That's that's the tug of war between two direct, like directors with a blanket at playtime. It's just you can tell, and I don't want that. I don't think they're going to do that. If they did, I could see them doing it with Palpatine way more than Ray. I think they have. They're like, well, you killed Snoke, and Ray's not a Skywalker, so we have to save one of these things. And you made the Skywalker thing way more important than Snoke. You just sort of like threw him away. So what if Snoke was the Emperor? We could just, you know, put that in there because you ruined our Ray thing. Thanks. Now we got to save Kylo Ren, you jerk. Um, yeah. I hope, it, I hope, I hope, I hope you're right about the whole place thing. I hope, I hope, I hope it's like a, like a place, like, like Skywalker Temple. Or something like that, where Ray can start again, uh, start the the new Jedi again, um, or just do her own thing. Yes. I don't know. It's current year. Um, let's see. So we get Lando back. That's nice to see. He's reunited with um, L three. He looks super happy. He looks super happy. Um. What else we got? Yeah, we got the Mad Max. Here's another thing that I've been thinking about. Um, how they're going to use Carrie Fisher. Um, so they've said that they're going to use footage that they scrapped for episode seven, from episode 7 into this movie. You would have, like... You'd have to shape... Like, the way I think about it, the way I try to tear that, tear that apart is, like, you'd have to base the entire continuity of the dialogue when she's around, around that. Because her lines were meant for seven, not nine. So I feel like the whole continuity of nine has to be centered around what, literally, what she's saying. It's just, like, I don't see, like, I honestly, like, I'm having a hard time, like, fitting her lines for seven into nine, I feel like they, especially with the time that they had, would have to mold nine around her dialogue. Ah, oh, I can't. I can't even. 
if so you so you're saying that the dialogue that she has in nine and the scenes that she has were reportedly supposed to be in force awakens yes so they had an entire movie the last jedi for example came out um when did she die um well after they were done shooting um, so there you go like if they had the if they had the elements and then she passed away, they had an entire movie to decide that like and, and that's the thing like Force Awakens came out before she died, correct? Um, I yeah. <laughs> and that okay, I'm just making sure because I don't remember. And that that's the thing. If they didn't put it in Force Awakens and she was alive, they had a plan. Wait, Force Awakens or the Last Jedi? Because she was definitely dead before the Last Jedi came out. She was if dead before Force Rogue, Awakens, after Rogue if, if Force Awakens came out and she was alive, like it, it premiered and she went to that premiere, it was edited and done and out in public, and they didn't put the scenes that they were going to put in there, in there, then they already had a plan of what they were going to do. And it seems like they already shot her material. Maybe they were going to do reshoots probably closer to around this time. Maybe they already um, did their research. I don't, I don't know. They're keeping it really secretive. Yeah, they but, didn't, yeah, they didn't if, shoot... If she was, yeah, I think they had a plan before she died, and I think they knew what they were doing. It just sucks that she died. Yeah, she died before Nine started filming, so, yeah. It's a Paul Walker situation, everyone. Um, except, no, Paul Walker died during filming. Shoot. My okay, guess is quite. when you have people like Carrie Fisher or Harrison Ford, something like that, they probably filmed more than one movie. Hmm. They probably stand lead some of that. They probably end games some of that. Huh, okay. Yeah, I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around that anyway, but I'll get I'll get over it. Like um it do, it'll be interesting when we see more footage from it, but like yeah. I why she where she's hugging her, why she's hugging her, um all that stuff is really interesting. The last What's shot the of the trailer. Did you figure out? Did you figure out what that um, that structure was? It looked like a, it looked like one of the Death Stars. Which Death Star do you think it was? Probably the first one. It seemed like appropriate size to the first one because the second one, I don't remember how big the second one was, and it seemed like the explosion really blew that thing up. And it certainly isn't the one from Force Awakens because that was the size of a planet. And it seems literally, to me like it became a star. Than, like, the first. like it, like evaporated into a star um yeah uh, it's but i mean ju- that's because we saw it from the distance long enough to see it evaporate into a star we didn't see any of the metal and the wreckage so there's a good possibility that that's the first one is my guess mm. just size wise but it could be the second one it could be the unfinished second one but I, I don't think it's the one from force awakens i don't think it's the one it's definitely not the one from the force awakens i don't think it's the one from the second one because the whole so the location's wrong because that was over Endor. That was a forest moon. It looks more akin, possibly to freaking Yavin. To be fair, we haven't seen that much of Yavin, so yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I don't know guess that could be. I think it's the first one. You think it's the first one? Okay, we'll go with that. Because you gave good evidence. One was above Endor, and the other one was too big. Unless they had another Death Star we didn't know about. Oh, God, please, no. Uh, that would mean there's more. Ugh, no more. 
No more super weapons. We're done. So we have the new star evaporator base. <laughs> um, it's like uh, it's like Ringo's. It's like sir, we just got the message for the new Grim Reaper of Stars. Base. <laughs> Grim Reaper of Stars. <laughs> um. Oh boy. So yeah, it's uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited for this. Like, I have to. the The thing is, like, unlike back in Force, back uh, when Force Awakens was coming out, there weren't a lot of movies between, like. Avengers and Force Awakens. I mean, there was Jurassic World, but I really wasn't for that. And then there was Ant-Man, but I really wasn't for that. I feel like there's like double the amount of movies now that'll keep me occupied until then. We've got, after Endgame, Spider-Man, because they gave that one away. Um, we got uh, Dark Phoenix. We got Detective Pikachu, which I will see. Yes, I will see. Um, cause mom, I feel like there's more to pass the time on and I, that makes me, that makes me feel better, but I have to enjoy the summer cause this is Minnesota and it, we just got snowfall in April. Um, God, I don't want to think about that, but yeah, I'm, uh, I can't wait. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm still trying to get into end game mode cause that's in two weeks from today, April 12th. Um, timestamp. Um, I'm very, I'm very much in endgame mode. I'm very much. In, I've got my ticket set. I'm going at 9 a.m. Friday morning. Hey, look at that! Look at you, getting it done. I get off at work at six. I'm gonna take the bus down there, uh, probably to my house, and then I'm gonna walk over there. Nice. Um, More than enough time to do all of that. I am going to see it opening night, 6 p.m. With mom and dad, because we, all three of us have been on this journey together for the last 11 years, and we're going to end it right there, where it all, yeah. It's going to be great. Ugh, it's such an exciting Zach, time. By the way, we are, not talk about Star we are not talking about Star Wars anymore, so you can join anytime. Ugh. Unless you watch the trailer. Unless you actually watch the trailer. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't watch trailers. <laughs> Oh, that is BS. <laughs> that is B to the S. All right. I think I'm good until next week, um, or till an hour from now. Um, but am I the only one who picked up on the Ma on like the Mad Max vibe? Chase the few chase shots. Hey, 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 you did. We done talking about this shit now. He's right. He's right. All right, Rambo three. Hey, hold on, hold on, you didn't ask what I'm going to see. Where are you going to see Endgame, Zach? I'm going to see it Friday night at Willow Creek. I'm going to see it for you. I'm just kidding. We do. That's interesting. You get to see it first, Chris. Then I'm going to see it, and then Zach's going to see it. We're all going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm. I'm going to go. I'm going with Matt. 
to the employee screening. Are they doing it on Friday nights now? Yeah, they always have done it on Friday nights. Yeah, they've always been on Friday nights. They haven't. Spider-Man was on a Wednesday night. Well, it's probably because of when it came out, right? That was like... Like Spider-Man, like... There were a few that were on Wednesdays and Thursdays, right? Yeah, but my point that is, was my point. when they were figuring it all out. Ah. <laughs> and then the high school kids complained that they couldn't go to them, so they went on Fridays. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm gonna act. I might actually talk to some people at the theater. Some people, i.e., Peter. And see if they actually end up doing a uh, a screening on Wednesday. Shout out to Peter the Poet. Um, and if they are, I'm going to see if I can go as Peter's guest on Wednesday. Because, Alex, you know what they did with Infinity War, so, you know. Yeah, I remember that. Um, that would be cool. Uh, is Peter still there? Yeah, he's still as there. Far as, as he's, far as he's I'm He's definitely still there. Yeah. I'm gonna talk I to I, I might I might message Peter and find out if there's a plan for that because if there is, I might ask to be his guest on Wednesday and just go. Honestly, um, it's actually kind of cool. So we'll all get our perspectives. I'm seeing it in IMAX, so no. I may yeah. see it, I may see it before all you guys. I might see it after all you guys. I don't know. I. I hope uh, I hope Matt takes it okay. Well, so funny story about Matt actually. Oh, Matt! This we is, gotta get him on the show uh, at some no, point for like three no, months. No, 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 no. So I actually texted Matt about this like two weeks ago, actually, uh, asking if I could, you know, go with him as his guest to it. And he's like, and Alex, you'll you'll know why this is funny, but uh, he's like, "Are you sure that you're even allowed to still do that?" Because I'm not going to get into the specific details, but Matt wasn't sure if I could still go to employee screenings. <laughs> I mean, as a guest. Hey, if you're a guest, you're able to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you were a person. It's not like you made employee screenings like a hazardous or unruly or uncomfortable place. Like, if, some, if you're a plus one of someone, they can't stop that. Also, the fact that, like, they, like, I also went to one after I left the job there. Like I went to Ant Man and the Wasp with them, and that was that was when I I like so, um, nearly. If any of you out there looking for a job, to walk out on them. <laughs> what? If any of you out there looking for a job, uh, imagine Willow Creek may have employee screenings as an added bonus. Yeah. If you didn't catch worry. that, if you didn't catch for, that, for, uh, for reference, guys, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna be very honest here. Don't work in a movie theater. It sucks. In general. <laughs> in general. Anyway, I don't know. I, I hear Jackson's having a good time over at Alamo. Who is? Oh, Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. Okay, like Al- Alamo Draft House is a little bit different than a traditional movie theater, though. Anyway, but don't work in like an AMC or like a Man's or an Imagine Theaters because anyway. they aren't. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, I haven't been there in a while. I don't know what their crew's like. Maybe they got a solid. Maybe they got a, co- a solid crew running. Anyway, Maybe. Rambo 3. Time for the main event. Yeah, Rambo 3. Uh, am, I the only one thought this was a, am I the only one who thought this was kind of fun? Uh, so, wait, wait. Zach, you thought this was a piece of shit? I mean, 
it, like, let me rephrase. It, it, if we're talking pure quality of a movie, it, it's a pretty bad movie. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about, like, it's really bad, but it's, like, funny bad, then it's a really f- solid movie. What about you? What about you, Chris? I thought it was fun. I thought, oh, it, was fun. Long, I thought it was fun trash. How long had it been since you had seen this last time? Oh, my God. Like, at least a decade. It's been a while. I'm in new uncharted territory, so, I mean, this is... This, this was, like, a new experience for me. This was so this was new, this was new for me too. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say that like I, I've never seen this movie. I've seen maybe one or two scenes from this, but like years and years, like childhood teenagers years ago. Um, I the most I know this movie from Chris is I n- I now need you to watch the movie Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Two Part Two because Hot Shots Part Two is it is the same movie as Rainbow Three. In fact, not only is it the same movie, the actor that plays Tautman plays uh-huh. the exact same role in in Hot Shots Part Two. <laughs> Richard Crenna. <laughs> I, I swear, like I swear, Chris, watch this movie. You know what? You don't even you don't even need to see Hot Shots Part One. It's a fun Top Gun like ripoff and spoof, and I really genuinely like it. If you've seen Top Gun, it's a lot of fun. But the second movie is all Rambo. It's basically the two movies. It's the atmos- it's the atmosphere and location of the second movie and the structure of the third movie. It's the narrative. Toutman is captured in Hot, Hot Shots Part Two. That that's his whole story. He actually had to ask Sylvester. He didn't ha- have to. He just, as a gentleman, asked Sylvester Stallone. He's like, "Look, the Hot Shots Part Two is coming out. It's about Rambo. They're spoofing you." They want me to come in and play basically the same character under a different name, have the same thing happen to me that they did in Rambo 3. Are you okay with me making fun of that? And Stallone was like, absolutely, go ahead and do it. And I, I now realize that as I was watching this, I was like, oh my god, it's the same guy. It's the same guy. So I know this movie as a joke. But I gotta say, I really enjoyed watching this movie today. <laughs> yes! 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 I just enjoyed it i genuinely here's the thing um i looked up the history of this compared to the other one so the, the first one is still the best by far it, it yeah. is atmosphere it's atmospheric but then also it becomes an action movie at the end it's it's a blissful marriage of two different narratives while also having something to say it is the more i watch these movies the more i really appreciate what they did how much they did with so little in that first movie um the second movie is a bad movie that is the so bad it's good movie that's the movie that makes no sense, but it's also really fun to watch if you can make it to the end. That's where the editing starts to go like too far, but like it's still it's still a hilarious movie that doesn't make any sense. It's just it's I, I know I say that a lot, but that movie is insane. Uh, this movie it is way more um, clear-headed. It's more focused. It's, it seems like a sober version of the second one. It's the same structure. He goes on a mission. Uh, or people ask him to go on the mission. There's a guy that doesn't want him to go, but he goes anyway. A government guy. Toutman is there. He's the one who asked him to go. He goes on the mission. It fails. And then he goes back and he blows everything up and he saves everyone. And that's, it's the exact same movie. It just has a much more clear narrative. It has it, good, good guys and bad guys. And it has a connection between the hero and his mentor that drives it on an emotional level. It also has a cute little kid. Like, it, 
all of these things are here. This is very Mad Max. It's actually really structured well when you compare it to the other two movies and when you compare it to what action movies would be later. And then also, he hangs a guy in a tunnel and blows him up with a grenade. Are you kidding me? That's insane. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh, are, you, are you kidding me? I'm awesome. When I, I, uh, when I saw that, I literally, I literally freaked out. I'm like, oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> he pulled the pin on the guy's chest. He wraps a cord around him, kicks him down a hole. He hangs first, so he has a split second to think about it. Or maybe he doesn't because his neck snapped. And then he pulls. His neck snapped. His neck was gone. Ugh, gone, baby, gone. Oh my god. Uh, so so here's the thing. Because I knew this story and all of this imagery of this movie as a joke, that's how I grew up with this. Uh, I took this movie pretty seriously when I watched it tonight. And I wanted to do my research on it. I was like, why why is this movie just a like a focused more why is it basically what action movies are today? This is a direct to DVD action movie. This this is what you can get today for like Scott Atkins. This is not bad. This is this is competent filmmaking made by competent people, but it has a history. Um, <laughs> it had an original director, the director of Highlander, the guy who would go on to make like some pretty good stuff, including work all the way up until making almost all the episodes of the MTV show Teen Wolf, and that's a successful show. Like he. He's worked around, but he got about 25% into this movie, and then he left because Sylvester Stallone and him had creative differences. And then a game of musical chairs occurred, and the second unit director became the director. And the second unit director is like a famous second unit director. He's done stuff like Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, but he's also done Batman and Robin. He's, <laughs> he did like three of the best Harry Potter movies, but... He's also done some bad stuff, too. He's all over the board. He hasn't directed a lot, but he's a pretty competent camera operator and second unit filmmaker. He was actually the second unit filmmaker for Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. This guy's been around for years. But my guess is this is, a, this is another case where Sylvester Stallone, as executive producer and basically owner of the property of Rambo, was the visionary of this movie, whereas the director was just sort of like a guy for hire. So this was like um, a Return of the Jedi kind of thing? Something like that. Um, yeah. But Peter Peter McDonald was his name, and he, he would go on to make some stuff, and like, God, like, uh, he's all over the board. Like Tango, Cash, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, he's all over the board. But I basically, this is a really well-done movie. That's why when I was watching this movie and all the scenes had, like, the, some of the transitions between action elements aren't great. But if when it came to establishing a scene and, and like, moving the story along properly, it was great. I really liked it. There, there isn't striking imagery in here like there is in the second movie, but he goes and he meets some rebels. The rebels are, don't trust him, and then all of a sudden they, they, they stop. And they say, look, this is where we're coming from. And we don't really know who you are. And if you want to help, we're willing to help you. But we got to come together and we got to come to terms on this. Then the next scene, they're playing a game, a really weird game where they're throwing sheep's bodies into circle. I don't know what's going on. But at the same time, <laughs> like they're having fun. And then 
all of a sudden these helicopters start showing up. And it isn't so much like the helicopters just show up. Like, that would be lazy. No. He intercuts the helicopters coming in. It's not, like, the smartest decision, but it's the proper smart decision. It's the right one. You don't just show the helicopters up when they're playing the game and all of a sudden everyone's winning and having a good time. And then all of a sudden there's all the havoc and everything. No, they you let the audience know that there's a bomb under the table. And then you just show the game going on and the audience is sitting there going guys stop playing there's helicopters coming it's simple hitchcock filmmaking and it's because everyone at this point was like what do you want sylvester stallone and sylvester stallone would say i want this and they go okay you do this you do this you do this i'm gonna do this and then we're gonna go home and that that's the difference here the second movie everyone on there had like an idea of what was going on but there wasn't a game of musical chairs that happened it wasn't like the lighting guy used to be the camera operator or the camera operator used to be the editor. And then everyone got shifted because one person, major person, lost his job and took people with him when he left. And what you get at the end of the day is basically the structure of what a lot of action movies would be like. Because, again, this movie was a bigger hit on video than it was in theaters. But once it reached video, like it was a big deal to the point that like Gremlins 2 was making fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, I mean, again, that's part two. Would happen three or four years later, and you could say it was late to the game, but also people remember it now because both of these movies are not bad. You could watch, but like, I had a better time watching this movie because once it got to the end and the action was sort of taking over. Because again, like for 140 minutes, this did kind of feel overlong because it's not the best movie ever. But once it got to like. Ha- the action started to get boring. Then he like hung the guy and blew him up with a grenade. I was like, okay, now you've got my attention. And then the bad guy dies in a really interesting way too. And you're like, all right, I'm liking this stuff. Okay, like every now and then they punctuate it with a really solid action moment, and I was for it. It wasn't. They got my attention back, and I liked that. I appreciated it. This was not a bad movie. Whereas the second movie was a bad movie. This is a bunch of people getting together and going, uh oh, uh, the boss just got fired. And we're running a sale today. Uh, everyone huddle together. We got to get this done. And the assistant manager becomes the manager of the store. And all of a sudden, everyone has to switch jobs and do it. And everyone being competent at what they did, you get a product that's pretty good. Ridiculous at times, but in, not as ridiculous as it could be. Honestly, I, I think we would be, I kind of was hoping we'd be talking about a funner movie. And I think that's what's got, what 4 is going to be. Oh, man. I can't wait. It's next. Because two, two is really like it's a bad movie that's insane, filled with insane moments, and this has one or two insane moments in it. But mostly, it's just a competent, well-made movie. It's not bad at all. It has it has everything that makes a good movie work. Nothing bad about it. But at the end of the day, when you see that hanging and that explosion with a grenade, when you see the boss go out, when you see that stuff, it's like. That reminds me of the second movie a little bit. I kind of want to see those moments more. And I feel like that's what 4 is. I feel like that's what we walk away with in 4. I feel like that's what he was trying to do in that. Again, I haven't seen a lot of the action in 4, any of that footage at all, really. So I have no idea how that's going to go across. But Chris's excitement and also the fact that most people seem to appreciate it more on IMDb and... uh, I think Stallone himself thinks that Rambo 4 is the second best Rambo movie. He can certainly make that argument. <laughs> um, but yeah. I also think 
because of the competent storytelling here, the music shines. Because I was listening, the score is really great in this one. And I was like, why does the score sound so good? Like, this, the score surprised me the way that the cinematography surprised me in the last one. And I'm like, who made the music? And I looked, and it was like a guy who's made a lot of music I've liked in other movies. Like, he's the guy who defined the 90s action movie sound. But he also made the music for the other two movies. Which, although I liked, didn't really affect me the way that this did. And I feel like that's because they gave him meat and potatoes, and he was like, all right, sweet, and he made something out of it. Um, like, when I was watching it on Wednesday, I'm like, I'm not, like, I thought this was going to be, like, some, like, absolute, like, garbage. Like, I'm going to look back on this as an adult. Because I had fun watching this when I was a kid. Like, I'm going to look back on this as an adult. And it's probably going to be terrible. And I'm like, I'm not hating this. And I don't know if I should be right now. Because, like, some of the dialogue was kind of, like, not the best. And some, some of it wasn't executed as well. Also, you got Rambo, like, quipping. I'm just like, he's quipping, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody stop. Like, they're, like when, I, when, when he started quipping, I'm like, the earth must be stopped. Like, the, the earth must have stopped spinning because something's wrong here. Um, or something, well, like, something, something. He's an entertainer like, by this point. So, well, now I'm sorry. He's an entertainer by this point. He's doing cage matches. He's got he's to do interviews afterwards. He's got his patter down. He's a wrestler kind of a thing. <laughs> um... Like the, some of the quips were good. Like, when uh, at the end, when they're facing, like, pretty much the entire Russian army, he's like, um, for Trotman Tra- asks him, any ideas, John? And he's like, well, they surrounded themselves. And Trotman's like, you know, now is not exactly the time for humor. The funny thing that I think about Rambo is, in the first movie, he he would he didn't really say anything until the end. The end was just kind of like this big burst of stuff. But when he did talk, he was just sort of like he was sort of short with people. He had his reasons. The cops were jerks, but he was short. In the second movie, he was emo, real emo, real emo. And in this movie, he's trying to be funny, and it's it it's all hilarious to me because it's just the growth of Rambo. It's like he he's always short. He's always got to get the last word. He's always got to like say he's always got to come back, but the way the comebacks have been coming have changed with every movie. In the first movie, it's like sincere, like I'm just trying to do my thing, like you guys are being jerks. In the second one, yeah, he's just whining and complaining about politics and about Vietnam and about himself. And in this one, yeah, he's he's trying to make more jokes, but also at the same time, he's just a walking contradiction. He's got a sense of humor and he wants to be a soldier, but he also doesn't want to fight. And yet he fights in cage matches, but then he also builds churches and gives them money that he takes from the cage matches. Like, he's just doing all these things. He's Rambo. He's John Rambo. In the next movie, he's a freaking cowboy and, like, has a ranch, I think. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for ne- I can't wait. Ne- I can't wait for next week. We're going to watch Rambo 4. <laughs> it's going to be glorious. Um, I, I really hope that I that it lives up to the hype I'm giving it for you. I really hope it does cuz I'm really looking forward to what you say about that movie cuz it's just like it, it sounds like it's got an, a, a great amount of violence. Oh, it it's like, that's it's, why like, like it. it's probably like as I, as is 
as has been said in, on the show, I haven't seen a lot of movies, but in terms of the movies I've seen, like, it's up there with, like, Black Hawk Down and Hardcore Henry in terms of sheer violence. Like, it's up there for me. Like, I'm pathetic. Um, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, I have pathetic standards. Nation dies in Hardcore Henry. Like, everyone dies in Hardcore Henry. Um, <laughs> uh, um, this is what I think is really funny. Like, I, I believe you. I believe that there's a lot of crazy moments in 4 because, and, and as much as we sit here and talk about the, the guy who hangs and explodes, the, the, pinnacle of, the pinnacle of insanity in this movie is when he pulls the spike out of himself and then uses gunpowder from a bullet to... <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing guys what are you talking about this movie's great dude he pulls metal bars out of his prison what are you talking about this movie's insane <laughs> or like the uh, way he drove a tank into a helicopter yeah it's and the way they cut that too <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I I thought this movie had, needed more moments like that. It it was too safe. Um, and it's because you look at who had to make it. It's everyone just trying to get through the end of the day with a just sort of probably dictatorial boss at hand. But um, at the end of the day, uh, there are a lot of great stupid moments. And I love the fact I love the fact that this little kid is following him. And he's like, go home. The kid's like, no, I can fight. He's like, go home. He's like, no, I can fight. And he's like, seriously, go home, kid. And he's like, all right, fine. But I can fight. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And then the kid shows up. Tells the kid to go home. And then the kid shows up again. And he shows up at the prison. And the reason he doesn't get his friend out of the prison is that stupid little kid's fault. Just kill the kid. <laughs> By that point, I don't understand why Rambo is, doesn't like. I don't understand why Rambo doesn't freak out on the kid a little bit, just a little bit. Because that's the reason—the only reason he couldn't pick up and carry Toutman out of there, or help Toutman out of there, is because he had to carry that stupid little kid. <laughs> but I will say, I will say, for every dumb moment like that, there, there's. There's like one or two great lines too, like when uh, when he blows the whole camp up and he carries the kid out. The boss, the villain, goes up to Talman and he's like, "Who's this guy? He's one guy. Who do you think he is? God?" And he's like, "No, God would have mercy. This guy won't." <laughs> like that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, <laughs> I I've always been a fan of like Stallone having some pretty solid one-liners on. He's he's very similar to like Schwarzenegger in the sense that I found New that disease. many of his movies there movies have great one liners. Yeah, yeah. Stallone Stallone does have some good ones, and for I don't know if he wrote that line or not, but I will say it's a good line. Like, yeah. What do you say, John? Frick him. Will we win this time? <laughs> um, you know, you know what's weird is uh, whenever whenever we talk about a Stallone movie, I keep coming back to this stupid Family Guy quote that's like really funny though. That's from Rocky, and uh, it's it's this spoof where Peter works at a meat packaging plant, and he has to kick Rocky out from punching the meat, but. The joke goes is that Rocky's manager. I remember that. That was a good one. 
is having sex with the meat. And he's like, well, you know, he's like, ah, I get it, but, but that's different, Rocky. We can't, he's like can't have you in here punching the meat. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember that one. That was pretty okay. good. I keep thinking of that. Every time like I watch a Stallone movie, I just think of that quote over and over and over again. The more, though, I always, I always had my mind cl- sort of clouded by Rocky. But now that I'm watching the Rambo ones, the interesting thing is when I watch Rocky, I feel like that those movies reflect the ego of Sylvester Stallone and the, the balance between ego and pride. Like Rocky, he was probably really proud when he made that, and then Rocky Two is continuing to be like you can see the good qualities in it. That's like one of the first movies he ever directed. Same thing with the third one; you can see that he's chiseling and getting better. And by the fourth one, he's, like, all up in his head, and he's just going insane. And then you just sort of watch his fall and then come back in his reemergence and all that. The Rambo movies, I'm starting to notice what made Sylvester Stallone a really good producer. Like, this is why these movies really shine in terms of him going, oh, I I did this movie, and this character was pretty cool, but the story, you know, if I can't follow the themes of the story... Because this guy can't continue to kill. He's a problem. He's a he's a Frankenstein monster. You have to feel bad for him. But I could also turn him into an action star. And he does. And he sort of oversees these movies on a completely different level than Rocky. Rocky's supposed to be this dumb, lovable goon. And Rambo, on the other hand, is what he thinks action needs at that time. And to be honest, he defines a lot of what it is through his ideas as a producer, as a writer, as a movie star, as an actor, and as a filmmaker. And I'm as I'm watching these movies, as, as dumb and as stupid as they are, as many problems as they produce, as they have awesome moments, I, I have to give it to him. He may be a jerk, but I, I, I have to give it to him. Like, I don't like the expendable, expendable movies that much, just because I think it's like, here's this guy, and here's this guy, folks. Here's this guy. How's this guy? Let's get this guy a new house. And it's like, no, this is him... A solid focused idea for one character as an action star and it shows it's really good I really like it well it, it's really weird because when you look at like the two Creed films that he's produced uh, it almost takes a very different tone from the normal Rocky movies because he's still that goon but he's he's a little bit different now he's older he's rougher around the edges he's he, he really plays that mentor role a lot more in these movies he's wiser yeah yeah, but I'm really interested because when he made Rocky Balboa, which is a solid movie, the immediate thing he did after that was bring Rambo back. So the ideas that he brought into whatever he thought about himself were brought into Rocky. Whatever he thought action movies needed at that time is what he brought into Rambo. So <laughs> that's that's what I'm the most interested in seeing oh, when it comes to Rambo. Because he came back with Balboa, and he's like, this is who I am, this is who how people see me. Uh, they think I can act since Copland, and that I've had these good, solid moments. You know what? I think I can do this. I think I can make a, a Rocky movie again. And he does. And he realizes what makes him work now, and he knew that he needed to pass the torch, that it was that time. And when it came to Rambo, though, Rambo's the guy that he's never going to give up. That's why he's making him after a bunch of all these action movies. He's still making Escape Plan movies. Which is hilarious to me, but <laughs> I mean, there's another Rambo movie coming out later this year, I think, right? Yeah, 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 that's totally true. It's got a poster, it's got pictures, it's there's footage. It's 
I'm excited for it now that we're watching it because I think these movies have gotten better as they go along. But where where this movie that we watched tonight was a solid movie with good, exciting moments in it and made its way on video and really sort of perpetuated a lot of the structures and eloquence that has come with making a simple action movie quickly. Um, And it's not a bad movie. It's safe. The second movie has no boundaries. It's going to do what it wants, whether it does them well or not, whether it makes sense while it's doing them, doesn't care. It's going to do. And this fourth one seems like it might be a solid combination of the both of them because Stallone is making good movies again. He's having his, his renaissance again, but he also understands that he needs to have more of those insane moments. I think he knew that about the third one. A lot of people make the argument that the politics of what was going on in the real world and what the politics of the movie um, contradicting each other uh, at the time of its coming out is why the movie didn't do well. But at the same time, I also just think it had a better resurgence on video. That's It just came out at the time where that was what was going on. And it also came out the same year that Die Hard did. And Die Hard is, has a lot of the same structures as this movie. <clears throat> But it does them in a completely different way with a completely more interesting character. John McClane and Die Hard, you care about that guy. You are with him 110% because he's just an ordinary dude. This is Rambo. Rambo's a one-man army. He fights an army as one man. It's insane. Oh, my God. That, that they, I think people were starting to get sick of that. Yeah. But I believe that, like, in Rambo 4, he's... He, I think he knows what to do with Rambo. Uh. <laughs> oh man. Um so coming back to 3 if there's it's like uh, um like I just like how did the ending kind of remind you of Sahara a little bit Alex? It did. It did. <laughs> like, wasn't that a crazy adventure? Aren't we too old for this? <laughs> let's go. Did it? Did it? Do like, yeah. Let's absolutely. Like, that's like the. It felt like the end of like like every like bad boys buddy cop movie. It was like, wow, that was crazy. And they just start buddy like just sort of chatting about. It. And it's like, dude, guys, come on. What happens to the way soft, the movies John. ended? Before in the first movie, he's like walking Stallone out in a blanket. In the second movie, like, Stallone is so emo that he's got to walk out in the middle of nowhere. In this movie, they're, like, <laughs> chatting it up like old best friends. Which is why I find the pictures of the new Rambo movie super funny. Because, like, I wouldn't say funny, but, like, yeah, he's, he becomes a person. He's riding a horse. He's in cowboy gear. Like, Rambo owns a ranch. Guys, be prepared. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh man, this this movie. Like I just like how. Go ahead. I just like how the that last kill with the helicopter and the tank. I swear there were like four <laughs> cuts within one second when the actual yeah. kill happened. That's my biggest thing because, like, you when it comes to establishing a scene. And getting coverage, it looks great. Everything's shot perfectly. It's within frame. Everything is covered. And, and there are no boom mics. Like That's solid stuff. But when it comes to the actual cutting and editing, 
of the action scenes from one thing to another to get the best possible impact, it's not great. Those moments don't work. Like the moment uh, a bomb hits a, a plane or the moment um, Stallone jumps away from an explosion. Like the, the look of a person jumping away from an explosion is cool, but the cutting of the action doesn't look great. That, that's the problem here. That's where a good action. That's where a good action filmmaker knows how to do it. He can shoot with the understanding of what, of the motion of when the cut is going to happen. That that's like that's like a good songwriter. He can write a whole song on a piano, but he knows full well when this instrument is going to come into the next one. He knows how that transition is going to happen. And if you have these people that are so focused on one aspect of your job, and then you put it together, you're going to see the you're going to see the breaks like in um. Like if you were to get a concept album where one track blends into the next, but you get it in old CD format where they, you feel the space. Where it's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, and then the next thing you know, you're on the next track. I can see those cuts when the action happens, and it kind of sucks. It takes me out of the moment. Because these action scenes, and especially a moment like throwing a take at a helicopter, uh... Those are insane ideas that need that rhythm, that Mad Max fluidity for us to accept it. That's one of the many reasons that Mad Max is so rewatchable and so acceptable to enter that world. It's because of the fluidity of action. If there was no fluidity, we'd be constantly just sort of taken out. And the more we're taken out, the more we're like, why is there a guy playing guitar on a, on a truck? Let's get out of here. I don't care about this. <laughs> Instead, it's like there's a guy on a truck playing a guitar that's shooting flames. I'm here. Yes. <laughs> I'm awake. Yeah. Um, the, 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 let's say about these movies is the second, the, because the, this movie is basically the, a remake of the second movie. It's a, it's, it is. It's a, a sequelitis. It's the exact same movie, but it's more competent. It's not as insane, but it's more competent. So I'd like to look at this as like a punk, like Rambo movies are like punk. Like the first movie, the first movie is like the Velvet Underground. It's a little somber and a little atmospheric, but it, it's still considered rock. The second one is like Blink One Eighty Two, where like the early songs are just sort of everywhere and they're all like corny and like whatever. Like the, it, there's an insanity and a sense of chaos going on that you still love and are like charmed by. It's insane. And then the third one, no, every, they, it, third one's like Enema at the State. They've got, like, clarity. They, they're, like, hardcore pop songs, and all of a sudden you're hearing, like, all the small things and stuff. Like, that's what the third movie is. It is a clarity and a more focused version of the second movie. Oh, my God. So I'm watching... I'm watching the big, the big final action scene in Rambo 4 in the background. We are in for a treat, man. We were in for such a treat. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited now because now I get to watch it. There's nothing stopping me. I am not. I may watch it more than once. But oh, just man. For the sheer I see it. I may, I'm certainly going to watch it the day up properly. Yes, um, But I, I kind of want to watch it now whenever. You're going to watch it immediately when we're done? <laughs> uh, maybe not immediately. It depends on how long it is. I have work at 8 a.m. It is... Um... I do believe it's like a little less than two hours. I'm don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it is. Hold on, let me confirm here. What in the world? Isn't that it's on YouTube? Here you go. 
Okay, IMDb. Alright, so like, yeah, so that was Rambo 3. It act like, I was wondering why I wasn't hating it. Like, I should be absolutely, like, hating this movie, but I'm not. And it's like, okay, I can actually, I actually kind of got behind it a little bit. Um, oh, whoops, that's not the movie I wanted. So here's the question we have here, guys. Okay. Since next week is our last episode in the Rambo series. And before Endgame, I think. Oh, yeah, it's actually a week before It's the week before Endgame. We'll be... So, yeah. the question we'll, is, we'll do what, Rambo do we do, what do we want to do post-Rambo? Good or bad? Uh, I mean, it kind of actually depends on... How you guys receive Rambo Four? At least that's how I. That's how I. Um. That's how I take it. I honestly don't think I'm gonna hate it. I don't think I'm gonna be bored, and I don't. Th- I don't think it's gonna be so bad that I'm gonna insult my intelligence. I think. I think I'm gonna have a good time watching a trashy movie. Like that, that's the thing. I think I'm gonna have things to talk about. It sounds like. Did Chris Alex did did Assassin's Creed uh, insult your intelligence? It didn't insult my intelligence, it just kind of bored me. Yeah, same. Fair enough. <laughs> Let me guess. Let me guess. Transformers 5. There you go, now you're back on track. There you go. And no, Transformers, um, let's see here. Uh, Transformers 5 um, hurt my eyes. I, I didn't like looking at Transformers 5. You know what insulted my intelligence? Normal yeah. North. Yeah. You're welcome for that one. That movie still haunts my dreams. <laughs> no. Here we go again. I'll wake up, I'll just wake up in the sweats and I'll be like, what does he eat? What does he eat? Oh, God, what does he eat? Quick, uh, quick, uh, I need a turtle and a piece of paper. <laughs> Here, cut this paper with this turtle. I can't do that. <laughs> Here's a bag of bread. Cut the paper with a bag of bread. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, so I can't eat this cereal with a firecracker. What are you doing? I'm gonna give. Next, that's great. That's great. Rambo three guys. Ne- next thing, next thing you know, you get you get riffs of, of Robin Williams, the good and the bad Robin Williams. Uh, yeah, there you go. All right, guys, let's grade Rambo three. Um, um I'm going to give it. Um, a C plus. Mm, okay. It's it's not a B because um, it's not a it's not a great movie. It, it's boring at times, um, but it's also got great moments. It's got really solid moments, and it's competently well done. It is an average movie. It has certainly set the standard for what a lot of movies would be afterwards. Sure, but like mostly like movies that are everywhere now. So we're very used to this kind of structure. So that's why it's an average movie. I'm going to say above average because there are some genuine moments of craziness in this. The hanging guy, the, the, the carterizing the wound, um, <laughs> the ending with the helicopter in the tank. There's some, there's some great solid moments in here that take it just a little bit above the rim. And I'm hoping we get way more of those in four, but I just I'm I'm just remembering small things like when Rambo shoots an arrow at a guy and the guy takes his friend and he just shoves him right in front of him and still blows them both up. 
Um, I'm. I may have to go with C plus two. I'm dancing between B and C, and I can. You swayed me, Alex. I'm going C plus. Just for like. I, I, you know what? I think you're swaying me. I think. I think considering the fact that now I know how this movie got made, I'm, there's a part of me that kind of want to go, kind of wants to give it a B minus. Because it seems like everybody stepped up and gave a competent example of a film, uh, considering the circumstances of like, it. I am very interested to see what the original director's vision would have been, but there's some great lighting, there's some great special effects, there's some good moment, there's some, the, the CGI of the, um, or not even say CGI, but there's like the moment where he jumps down the hole and there's that fireball following him. It doesn't look real, but it doesn't look terrible. It's not like Clash of the Titans bad, and that wasn't that far ago. I I appreciate these moments in it. There's just a competency to it that is just not there in the second one. And the fact that I'm giving such a close score to the second one, or I don't remember, I think I gave a B to the second one, a B minus. And I feel like that's a little unfair considering everyone seemed to really care about doing a good job more so than necessarily telling the right Rambo story. I feel like maybe a handful of people really cared about that, whereas everybody else was like, "Uh uh-oh, the ship is sinking. We need to stop the ship from sinking. And they all stepped up and did. And not all of them were like, well, let's continue on our quest. Only a handful were. Everyone else was just trying to keep their jobs. And I appreciate that. So I think think I'm going to change it to B-. minus. It's like, it, it never ceases to amaze me how, like, it, it harkens back to Jaws. This is, I'm not comparing this movie to Jaws by any stretch. Um, but, like, the worst, sometimes the worst of circumstances in terms of filmmaking, the worst of circumstances can, like, outperform, like, can outperform expectations. Like, yeah. it's it, it never ceases to amaze. Um... I think I'm because we grade because we graded um the first Rambo like B plus right I think that's what I rated it I I think I went A minus but I may have gone I may have gone B plus either one of those I would respect again um I think I went B for the second one mm, I think. I, I, listen back to those episodes but the interesting thing about this series having not ever seen these movies is my evolution of thinking about each film as i see the next one the first one i respect more and more like i said about what little it did with what it had uh how much it told with what little it had and i'm respecting it more and more that an a minus seems sort of like appropriate to me but so does a b plus And and the more i think about the second one i think that's what i want out of a rambo movie is just Insanity. I don't want. I like clarity. Of, of I like the clarity and the competency that comes with this third one. But I want the insanity of the second one. So I'm hoping that's what four is. I'm hoping four is a perfect marriage of those two ideas. So as I'm watching the series go, I'm starting to appreciate what each film brings to the table. Their own story about how they got made. Like so, the second one got made because everyone was on cocaine, and Stallone thought he was the greatest star in the world and could could, to do, could do anything. So if he wanted to tell a story about how he felt about the POWs and about a guy coming in and doing it, he's also trying to like conflict that with the idea of telling a story of Rambo, this badass one-man army. So the second one makes no sense. 
he comes in and he saves all these people, but then he just leaves the situation altogether and doesn't really care about any other POWs anywhere. And you forget about the fight inside him. You just care about his politics and how he presents them. And it's like an emo child. And everyone's doing everything wrong. But the product and the, and the end result is fantastic to look at. It's, it, at a certain point, it becomes too much. And that's why I like the third one. The, the action in the last 40 minutes of Rambo 3 is a lot. It's a lot to take in, but it's all given space to breathe. It's not cut, 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 cut. Those moments are there, and I can see the scenes, uh, the 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 lines between the scenes. But I I do appreciate that it's letting me take my time with the visuals and not assaulting me the way it does in the second one. And I'm yeah, again, I hope the fourth is a marriage between those two ideas. Oh man, I just have to, I, Zach. Oh yeah, Zach, give your grade. Uh, C. Oh, what did you think about the whole experience, Zach? I kind of like what you guys are saying. It, it felt like a pretty great example of an average movie, and that—that's just kind of how I've—I've I've always felt about it. It just feels like a very average movie. It's setting the bar, you know, not really high, but setting a bar. <laughs> We've swayed him, Alex. He went from piece we, of crap to uh, bit, do, setting I, the bar. I, I do think that's a fair statement. It doesn't try too hard, and it doesn't do it too hard, but it does uh, set yeah. somewhat of a standard. It's like a, it's like like, flat yeah. It doesn't try either. It doesn't try hard either way. No, I don't need. I don't think it necessarily needs to either. I I mean, it could. I have. think given this situation, that's how they felt. They're like, we're not we're not making something special here. We're just making something that works. Yep. Yeah. If only, if only today uh, worked the exact same way well, uh, with movies like this. Um, I guess we'll find out in uh, November, I believe. Yeah. See if it's the things. It's this fall. We'll find out this fall. So, Rambo um, 5. That was Rambo 3. Next week is Rambo, and I cannot wait. I am so excited. Oh, my God. It's just pure, unadulterated, R-rated mayhem. And it's like... <laughs> it's great. I can't wait, I'm man. Excited. I'm excited. Ooh. R-rated mayhem, you got me. Also, um... I guess while I, I, guess while I can... While oh yeah, it's 91 minutes. It's actually 90 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay, maybe I will. Sure. Yeah. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, it's on. Uh, it's on. It's on you. It's on Google Play Movies. You should be able to find it. Well, no, I think I'll be renting. It doesn't seem like the issue, but like I'm hoping it's somewhere free. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there you go, everybody. So next week, um, we're gonna um, do Rambo Four. And possibly any final words going into Endgame if we don't manage to record before watching Endgame, um, uh, which is a, which is a possibility. It's happened before. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah. We'll give our last rights for entering a three-hour movie, all and me having to tell the tale of a bladder infection. <laughs> um, I mean, you guys might have to end up doing it on your your own next week because it's uh, it's Passover next week, and I work all week. So. Oh right! I yeah, about that. man, 
It's like an Easter treat. Endgame. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I... That's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess we'll have to... I mean, it's. I'm more thinking about um, Endgame than anything else. Oh, I yeah, when, I'm not too worried about Endgame, about us getting to talk about Endgame. It's just, I might not make it for the last Rambo uh, shot next week because it's the holidays. and You better I'm watch it, though. You're going to watch it. Oh, yeah, I'll watch it no so matter what. We're, that's, we're going to be, we didn't decide, we didn't decide what we're doing, good or bad. Let's decide that next week, honestly. Well, I, the reason I'm bringing it up, well, okay, that's fine. But once we figure out what it is, let's figure it out early in the episode because he's not going to be there to decide. And right. it'd be cool if he could like, send, um, send his like uh, choice to us. Right, okay. Yeah, because I'm going to probably be at a family dinner Friday night and Saturday night for sure. And, you know, I can't be out late Sunday because I have work on Monday and then I work Monday through Friday, so... Right, okay. Alright, so... There you go, everybody. Um, a deep personal look into our schedules. Um, so, yeah. Surprise! I think family shit when there's holiday. And our last rites before Endgame, possibly. Um, I mean... I'm not going to... Do you think Endgame's going to kill us? It's going to no, kill me, I probably. Think- Chris, before Star Wars. Oh my god. <laughs> you think Star Wars would be the thing Chris, to die? Let's just say, Chris, if you are going into Endgame and not expecting someone major to die, you're a fool. Yeah, that's someone yeah, major being that me. That intrigues me, actually. I wanted to talk about that. So, Scarlett Johansson went on Hot Ones. Oh, yeah, we were going to talk about this. At the, very, at the very, very end, they she is like. She's eaten all of them. She's she's made it all the way to the thing. She did the last ab, and then, then they look at her and she's like, they're, they're like, we're gonna ask you every single question that we want to ask, and we're gonna ask you now. You don't have to say anything. You just have to leave us your facial expressions. And the very first question was a doozy. There were some bad ones in there. Some like real. There's some throwaways to give her like a chance to breathe. But the first one was a doozy. And she's pretty sure she failed that first one. And I was pretty sure she failed it when I watched it, too. I was like, okay, all right. I think she hit her breaking point. And that's what she said. She was like, I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, I think so, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I want to I gotta stay go away from that movie. That I want to stay away from that, 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 that video. God. Yeah, she... she uh... I, I don't think it's like, I'm just, it's not fact, no one's saying it's fact, but I, that's the impression I got, and I think she, I think that's the impression she got to. Is that she, she fucked up? I think she, I think she felt like she fucked something up. Okay. I mean, here, here's the thing, though. Marvel can't actually get at her because she, like, didn't say yes or no. She right. just, like, she's facial not, expression. I, I'm assuming she's not, like, Tom Holland or something like that. Oh, no, Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. You can give a lot. You can give a lot away in a uncontrolled interview like that. And that was an uncontrolled interview. And yeah, the whole point of the interview is that you start off normal, and then like by the end, there's no, 
they break all of their routines that they give that they have like perfected in interview so that by the end of it he can ask any question he wants and probably get a real honest answer yeah and that, that's yeah that's the irony is i think as as much as marvel likes to tout how good they are at keeping their actors under wraps on that one they broke someone who can't be broken normally <laughs> she talks about how under her skin and then I'm but i think so curious oh man you've made me very curious to be, honest, to be honest i won't i'm not gonna sit here and say like it's one that you would have never thought of it's one that's like on the like everyone's talking about this kind of spoiler if it's a spoiler not not from this moment but like as like a possibility of something that the, the other thing to consider is that the entire cast is new in that it, category here's the other here's the other thing you guys actually have to consider too is that only three pe- uh, only a few people actually only four people have seen the full cut of the film so far only four that is the two russo brothers kevin feige and rdj they're the only people who have seen the full cut of the film and know exactly what's going on. So, Probably too. <laughs> what? Probably the editors, too. Well, obviously the editors, but, like, how often do you have an interview with an editor, though? You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, the only terms, yeah. four people who are going out for interviews right now and speaking in public about this movie who have seen that movie are RDJ, the Russo brothers, and Kevin Feige. That's it. I, I, that is true, but I... I'm surprised anybody knows that. That's why, that's why I think there's stuff to be believed out of what Scarlett Johansson implied, but I don't, there's no guarantee that what she did was true, though, because she has not seen the entirety of the script and she has not seen the entirety of the film. Here's the thing. I agree with that. This Ooh. is, like I said, it's not fact. This is all based off of her facial expressions and how she responded in that moment. But considering the content of what we're talking about, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she already knew this information, why she would know this information. And I, I think we all see this information coming. Yeah. So that's kind of, I think, like he got her, I think he earnestly got her, but I think the reason she earnestly got her is because I think she believes that too. I think she believes that this is something yeah. that everybody sees coming too. And yeah. so she like uh and she let it go in that moment but that's again you're right we're all basing this off a of facial expression we're not no an entire body expression and then what she said afterwards but honestly i think considering what the content was i don't think i think she did it because it's just like not necessarily that big of a surprise yes and you're right you're absolutely right and again like i said you know the the only people who really know the true answer is the Russos and Kevin Feige? Well, no, that's and, not necessarily true. They know what how the they know the entirety of what the movie is, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't that other people in the cast don't know bits and pieces of information uh, that involve the movie. So this one bit of information could be something that she knows. She may not know the entirety of the yeah. whole movie, and she may not see it, but she still may know this one thing. It's certainly yeah. possible that that's the case. So yes, you're right. There are other people. There are only four people around who know the entirety of the film, how it's going to begin and middle and end. But there probably is bits and pieces of information. Like Paul Rudd has said that he knew how Infinity War was going to end all the way at the first Ant Man because of information that he needed to know about the story, and he just announced that. And he was sitting there with one of the other cast members, and they were like, 
really? And he's like, yeah, it, it blew me away. And then I saw it and saw everyone's reaction. He's like, wow, yeah. they had the balls to really do it. They, uh, so yeah, and some people know things before other people, but only some things, not the whole picture. Yeah, and the other thing is I hear that, like, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch knows something big about this movie that he was told right before he started shooting Doctor Strange because he needed to know it. Yeah, okay. I think that's I think that's the case at times, and I wouldn't be surprised if this was information that she knew. I wouldn't be surprised if it was information all of them knew. But having one piece of information uh, is a possibility, even if only four people have seen the entirety of the film. I certainly yeah. I, again, I, knowing the information doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you know the context of why it is the way it is, and that's something only those four people could tell you. The context. No, I. The context, sure, that's fine, but that doesn't mean she doesn't know that information. Regardless, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I, again, I honestly, we don't know. Again, we don't know for sure. We'll see, we'll see in two weeks. We'll see I in two gotta weeks. Be honest, I think, I think it's true. I think she spoiled something that she didn't mean to, but also I think she spoiled it because it's something that we all see coming and expect. And to be honest, I'm expecting it too. A big, a big thing in my mind would be if this thing didn't happen. I don't see this not happening. But if it does, great, grand, wonderful. But there's a part of me that's like, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. Why would it not? Yeah. So, uh, I think it's time to get going, my guys. Okay. It's been a, few, it's been a couple right. hours. Yeah, let me end the show here. I haven't stopped recording yet. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. All right. So, Rambo 4 and Last Rites to end ga- before Endgame. Um, I expect uh, full... Um, wills and testaments by next week, by next recording session. So, homework. Wait, what did you say? Full wills and testaments from both of you. Are you talking about predictions for the movie? Well, that and a literal will and testament before we go and see this. You're not getting that. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. I'm living on, baby. Matt might die. Matt might die. Especially after he was so mad during Infinity War. He's got to be super happy that I'm not going to be there. He's so he's so committed to kayfabe. I love it. He's so he's so he's so uh, he's so bought in. All right. Um, I love that guy. Well, Infinity War was so funny because me, Alex, and I'm going to uh, stop the recording now. Bye, everybody. Say bye. 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 (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.